welcome to Buenta Vista, episode 52. Uh, that's right, folks. 52 weeks in a year, 52 stars on the American flag. <laughs> 52 stars on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. A very Total. well-regarded show. 52 stars. Um, although someone did leave us a negative review on Facebook recently for uh, encouraging crimes. <laughs> so that Which, we say... I mean, it's funny because the crime... They were angry that we were encouraging was uh, looking at your phone when you stopped at a red light. Unlike all the other crimes, we have quite actively encouraged, which involve murder, murder, assault, um, vandalism, all kinds of stuff. Well, vandalism's not a crime. It's art, man. It's true. Uh, so, what do we what do we got on the news this week, folks? And by folks, I mean uh, both you guys and everybody who's listening. And by you guys, I mean Ben and Theo. Hi, guys. Hey, uh, is that is that the introduction? That was uh, incredible. <laughs> I, I worked my way back around to it. <laughs> it's fine, we'll get there in the end. We got a lot on today, that's all. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about former Queensland, um, what was he, the, the Justice Minister, Minister for Douchery, Jared Blige. Can I, I think that's an official title, but... Can I pull the curtain back here I'll, a little I'll bit? I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, just uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to know if I'm showing my ass here or anything. Are we saying his name wrong as a joke? It's that's his name, isn't it, Blige? No, no. That, how 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 does one pronounce his name? It's Jared Blige. Blige. Yeah. Well, there you go. I just thought because we've been doing it now over the course of maybe three episodes, and I thought maybe I was missing something. Nope. I just very very genuinely thought that was his name. Well, I mean, to be fair. His name is fucked because there's you can't have three letters that have a dot above them in a row in a name to my mm. mind. Yeah, his name looks like the three-eyed fish from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Blinky, back in the news. Uh, uh, we well, can pull those curtains well. back closed again. Uh, no need to look behind there anymore. Mm. Please don't look behind my curtains. Uh, so he's a bit of a free speech warrior, as was evidenced a couple of weeks ago when he um, he posted something about just being mad about genders and on Twitter, and about roughly a thousand Twitter users said, "Shut up, dickhead," um, including our very own Lucy Valentine. To prove that he wasn't mad, Jared then made a video of himself reading out the tweets and saying, "It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't even offend me. I'm not angry." And I think you'll find uh, that you're proving my point by mm. calling me a dickhead. That's right. Uh, and nothing nothing proves, of course, that that people are intolerant of getting to speak their mind, like reading out all the things people have said that you didn't like and that they shouldn't have said to you. <laughs> so, um, you know, he did a great job there of proving that he believes in free speech and everyone having a right to their own say and also that he wasn't mad and that his big, big diaper wasn't full by doing that. Uh, but he's back in the media this week, uh, being a great big snowflake once again about free speech. Uh, the Guardian reports, advertising executive and commentator uh, D. Madigan is refusing to delete a social media post mocking the Queensland opposition front page, front, front pencher Jared Blige, despite being referred to the powerful ethics committee, D. Madigan last month posted a gif of Blige ripping up a piece of paper in state parliament with the comment, your taxes at work, 
a toddler tantrum for Jared Blige MP. After seeing the tweet, he complained to the Speaker, Curtis Pitt, who referred Madigan to the Ethics Committee because under parliamentary rules, vision from the floor of the House can't be used for, quote, satire or ridicule. It's <laughs> just such a good rule, being like, hey, don't use video of us looking like dweebs to make fun of us. <laughs> yeah. If I say something really stupid up there, I don't want anybody making a point out of it. Now, also, is it... Is the ethics committee powerful, or are they the committee for powerful ethics? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. It's like um, like the powerful owl, you know. Oh, I love the powerful owl. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a strange one to me because, um, as Madigan goes on to point out, she has previously refused to remove the tre- the tweet when contacted by the Clerk of Parliament, and on Friday again tweeted that she would be leaving the post up. Quote. If this is upheld, it means no one on social media can retweet or share with co- with comment any parliamentary footage, even if it has been on the news or streamed live or shared by politicians themselves, Madigan wrote. This precedent on free speech is extraordinary. It is bullshit. Um, the gif was from an ABC broadcast, and then she went on to share tweets from Blige's own account in which he had shared vision from the floor of the house to ridicule um, a member of, <laughs> of the Labour Party. Because he's a really smart guy. So a big, uh, a big shut up dickhead to Jared Blige. Maybe just retire. Nobody likes you. It's got that extremely private schoolboy vibe about him. I have his Wikipedia page open at the moment and the, the photo is just making me so fucking mad. Mm. He's got a... I mean, obviously he's bad because of things that he does, not because of how he looks. But also he's a fucking huge forehead. Just massive. Uh, what a dickhead. So we'll see how that one turns out. Um, hopefully, D. Madigan does not get, I don't know, prosecuted in some form or anything like that. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know? Fingers crossed. But for now, we got to cover some really important news, folks. Really serious important folks. Like, Poo Jogger Watch. Oh. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Poojogger. Well, someone was watching the Poojogger. Yeah, they? they sure were. <laughs> A yes. heroic citizen journalist. The, the classic <laughs> question, who watches the Poojoggers? has <laughs> finally yes. been answered. Uh, it's us, uh, nationally. Well, like, just the idea that the words poo jogger were trending on Twitter in Australia for like 48 hours <laughs> is genuinely incredible. That And in the mainstream media as well, like it's genuinely in the zeitgeist. That's that's the name that he ended up with and all of us grown adults were like, yep, yep, got sick. it, poo jogger, got him. Uh, um, I'm sure we're going to get to it, but if you're like international listener and you haven't experienced this yet... Uh, just Google the words poo jogger and f- and find the first image that comes up because <laughs> uh, it is incredible. It's well, it's one of the like true gifts of um, you know you've got independent the, uh, journalism of independent journalism <laughs> absolutely. Um, like well, I think we'll be me, studying it like twenty years from now. Let me uh, let me hit the good people with a bit of context. Allow me to play this clip uh, from the news. 
He's the Brisbane businessman busted doing his business. The man with a preference for private pathways was dubbed poo jogger by fed up residents. They claimed for months human waste kept appearing in their unit complex. So Steve and a neighbour set up a sting. My goodness. My goodness. Now, <laughs> so, so folks, that's right. We're talking, of course, about... Aveo, Aveo? Aveo Group's National Quality Manager, this is an insurance company, <laughs> Andrew McIntosh, who has resigned after being identified as Brisbane's notorious poo jogger. Oh my. Hope you guys are proud of Brisbane's own here. Oh, I'm so proud. I'm beaming with pride. Oh my God. It's, I'm flying the Brisbane flag outside my house right now, which is just a VB cam being hurled at a gay person. Oh. <laughs> It is alleged that Mr. McIntosh fouled the private footpath of an apartment block near his Greenslopes home 30 times over the last year. <laughs> 30 times. That's a lot of turds. That's dedication. Uh, on Thursday morning, the day after Rupert Murdoch's Courier Mail alleged that he was the poo jogger and said he had been charged by the police, the company announced he had resigned. Quote, Until yesterday, Aveo Group was not aware of the charges laid against Mr. McIntosh, said a company <laughs> spokesman. Aveo Group is distressed and disappointed at the alleged incidents concerning Mr. McIntosh. He has tendered his resignation to the company today and is no longer an employee of Aveo Group. Uh, and here's a bit I didn't know. It's unwelcome publicity for the Australian Stock Exchange listed Aveo, which is still recovering from the Fairfax Media investigation last year, which claimed that the company exploited its elderly residents for financial gain. Oh, classy stuff. Classy stuff. Now... You might be asking yourself, how did he get caught? And the answer is, some of his neighbours decided to um, set up like CC infrared CCTV cameras around their properties. And the footage that they got was never quite clear enough for them to ascertain his identity. But they figured out what day, what days of the week and what times he was turning up. So... Um, I I loved this clip from the news with the man himself who got the photo in which he explains exactly what went down when he obtained that infamous photo. Here we go. Installing an infrared motion sensor camera. We knew that Monday, Wednesday and Friday mornings he was running past and always around 5.30. Then Steve <laughs> staked out the scene. And it took a couple of weeks of being out each morning waiting. Finally snapping a clean image. That particular morning um, I saw him run up the path. He was three minutes late. His reaction? <laughs> um, he just said, hello. <laughs> 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 There's so much going on in that one little clip. There's so well, it took Hello. several weeks, several weeks of this guy being out at like 5 a.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, literally lying in the bushes near his own property, uh, just hoping that this guy would come past at his regular time and take a shit on the path out the front of his house. Um, he was three minutes late. <laughs> little behind schedule maybe he had a bit of trouble with the first turd he was dropping off there's just there's so many questions like did, did he pick one place each day was he pinching off like was he distributing one or more turds across various properties throughout the day who knows and of course um i did read a, a clip of the same guy talking about 
you know, the, the actual photo where he caught him. And as you said, Theo, it's a captivating image. Uh, we have there a man in his 60s, um, bent over at the waist, half squat, jogging shorts around his knees, pile of excrement directly underneath his butt, and he is just turning his head to the side. Almost like d- that iconic, uh, like five frames of Bigfoot. Mm. Yes. Looking directly yeah. at the camera. 100%. Yep, he has just turned to look directly down the barrel of the camera, and he just has... He, he looks like he's posing for the photo. He looks absolutely serene. Um, yeah, no, no look of shock on his face at all, just resignation. No, no. Well, the, the guy who took the photo said that... Um, that yeah he went to take the photo and like the red light came on first which is what made him turn to look and see what it was and then the flash hit him ah beautiful my goodness my goodness i think so i've told a couple of people about this because obviously it's the best fucking thing that's ever happened in the history of mankind uh and people like oh was it like a like a medical problem did he just really have to go i was like well no because he did this regularly three times a week constantly and he had toilet paper on him it's not like he was like oh fuck i have the worst ibs in the world i've got a shit right now he was like whoop the toilet paper is the premeditation yeah he was always ready to shit just ready to go locked and loaded man like i I mean personally i probably i gotta say i admire like whatever discipline this guy is enforcing in his diet that allows him to know that he's going to be like primed and ready to go at the same time every morning um either that or he's showing enormous discipline in holding on to it until he gets there you know one or the other but um yeah and so people have speculated about what what is this guy's motivation is he just is it uh some weird spiteful thing does he just hate his neighbors is it a is it a weird sex thing is it an exhibitionist thing or whatever um have you guys sort of seen on on twitter like a week after the fact have you seen like the the woke takes starting to roll in no no i um (laughs) i did see one um uh, one tweet earlier which was questions we should be asking about hashtag poo jogger (laughs) Oh, no. Good that you used the hashtag because you're concerned about it. One, was it responsible journalism to name him? Two, has the media done any research into possible medical or mental health issues before humiliating this person? Three, is anyone concerned about the effect that this will have on him? <sighs> and like, I think it's safe to say no to all of those questions. Mm. Yeah, but also it's just it's just too funny to worry about that kind of stuff. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I had I had seen somebody say in response to this that like, well, you know, he's he's a reasonably high level executive of a publicly traded company. Yeah. Um so so his name sort of becomes relevant in the sense that this company is very much going to want to not have anything to do with him after this. Um, was he was he fired? Did I miss that part? He resigned. He resigned. He resigned. Although I imagine, I, I, like it could have gone either way. Surely, of them just being like, "Hey man, you really need to fucking leave." Well, yeah, I, th- I think um, they, the company did say that they were like extending, extending whatever help he needed after this point. Um, 
and that they were, you know, a bit concerned about him or whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, this, I, I am absolutely no kind of expert on this sort of thing as to where the line is between things like what is what is a mental health issue and like what is a kink, you know, and what is... <sighs> And and then you can you can go one step further there to say some people would have uh, the kink of for example like having sex in public or um or you know like particularly risky sexual behavior or something like that. Not that I'm necessarily implying that taking a shit on other people's footpaths is like a sexual behavior for this guy. It is. It 100%. it may have well yeah it may have been a, a weird exhibitionist like combined with the risk of maybe getting caught doing something that's very taboo or whatever but like where does that sort of stuff then cross into the realms of and I would argue this probably does where does that sort of stuff cross into the realms of like I'm sure that there are some people who get off on like flashing other people yeah, and at that right. point it's bad because you are involuntarily involving other people in your kink like you are well obviously with stuff like flashing you're just sexually assaulting people by that point but do, does this fall into the same sort of category of if if you are leaving other people to clean up your fucking human turds outside of their house every day because it's a thing that you you get a weird thrill out of do you do you have any particular right to be protected under the idea of is it a mental health issue that's a good question Hmm. Well, thank you for taking the time to consider it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what the answer is there. I'd like, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, don't kink shame people. And you're like, well, you know, like you're saying, if they're, those are kinks that involve other people without their consent, then fuck off. That's just being a shithead. And oh, I don't know, if it's a mental health thing, clearly he's functional enough to get along in society that he can be a rich person. So who fucking cares? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, like everything about the situation suggests that he's a person who's very in control of his faculties. Very in control of his bowels. Yep. It's all extremely timed and premeditated and routine and all that sort of stuff. I mean, um, who who knows? But yeah, in this particular guy's case, I kind of think as well that if you're, if you're kink or you're whatever your weird fetish or your voyeuristic or exhibitionist thing or whatever involves getting out into the public to do it and involves doing things that affect other people and involves particularly risky behavior then that's also like just a roll of the dice that people are aware of when they do it i think if your if your thing involves the risk of getting caught then it inherently has built into it the idea that you're possibly going to get caught at some point yeah for sure so unless unless anyone's suggesting that this guy was absolutely compelled to do this and there was no way that he could stop himself and had a massive psychological addiction to shitting on other people's footpaths out the front of their house or whatever and couldn't stop himself no matter what he did and was actively in therapy and all that sort of shit, I feel like that's probably pretty unlikely. I feel like it's probably a pretty niche case. And more than likely, this was just some weird behavior where he's gone, oh, it's hot and weird because I might get caught. Oh, you did get caught and now you're fucked. I think there is another possible explanation. 
yeah. uh, is that he's in a new relationship and he's very uncomfortable with shitting <laughs> while she's in the bathroom. Yeah. I just gotta, I just gotta pop out real quick. Well, uh, I'm just gonna go for a run with this roll of toilet paper for no reason. I'll be back yep. soon. Oh, I just prefer two ply for mopping the sweat from my brow while I jog. Very normal stuff. That's probably it. Yeah, I think that might be it. But great news story, nonetheless. One of the great yarns of our time. <laughs> well, and it's funny as well, because there's, there's like... When that sort of story comes up, you always wind up with, with people unearthing these kind of local tales of, of like... You know, um, like everybody's localized legendary poo jogger, everybody's mystery pooper. Like, um, I was reading one of, uh, like, I was reading an, an account of other mystery poopers from around the world who, you know, either did get caught or are yet to be caught. They're all like, they all are like Bigfoots, you know. People, people know they've seen the evidence, but they just can't get them on film. And um, there was one like a, a lady who would just always shit on this camping trail. Like, oh, sorry, a hiking trail, but just like right in the middle of the path, constantly back and forth. And she'd keep getting caught by people who would go, can you stop? And she'd be like, see ya. <laughs> just, just wander off. Um, did, did either of you guys see that bit of footage recently of a lady in a restaurant who was so angry? It was like off the CCTV. A lady in a restaurant who was so mad that she, she just... Threw the threw a turd at a... Was it a McDonald's employee? It looked like a Starbucks. Oh or no, something, no, it was a, just... it was a Tim Hortons, right? Because it was in. Oh yeah, um, yep. yeah, it was in Canada. Yep, and she just um, pulled down her tights and just took a an instant on command shit onto the floor. Which is honestly was it onto the floor or straight incredible. into her hand? Which she then hurled behind the counter into her hand, uh, and then she threw it. But, she hurled okay, it behind so the counter. She, she like she was like a. It was. It was. It was all like. Um. It was like watching a highly trained marine like quickly strip a rifle. This whole thing. <laughs> she. She's like, got the pants down, shot into the hand, thrown it behind the counter, swiftly grabbed a handful of napkins, wiped her hands and ass on this thing, and then hurled the napkins behind the counter at the employee as well. And she does not stop yelling at the employee, the entire time. Well, so the reason that she did this is. She asked, can I use the bathroom? And they said no. So clearly, the turd was already waiting there. The turd yeah, was well, ready. She was never far away from having the turd Yeah, the, the turd has go. context. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like she just went for a big in like a perfectly normal day-to-day state Dude, of blam. being like, oh, I don't really need to poop right now. Well, it's time to get one out. Yeah. Bam, bam. Like, oh, I'm so mad I could shit. <laughs> <laughs> time for one of my patented anger turds. <laughs> Which it's a sh- it's a shame we don't have Lucy to talk about this. <laughs> Our resident <laughs> shit expert. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, quite a quite a bit of vision that one. Can I just let people use your bathroom? I mean, yeah, I, I like I, I don't think it's morally correct to throw a turd at someone that's getting paid like nine dollars an hour. Uh, but probably if someone's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I really need to use the bathroom." Just be like, yeah, no worries. Well, yeah, that's that funny middle ground, isn't it? Where, like, on one hand, you got somebody who just clearly needs to shit. Very uh, clearly. You also have the the business saying, well, don't let people take a shit in the bathroom unless they're a paying customer. 
which is, I, I would suggest, is both motivated by the idea that, well, maybe you can get somebody to say, oh, fucking fine, I'll take a cup of coffee and then run off to the bathroom. Um, or or potentially as well, the idea that like you spend a certain amount of money and supplies on cleaning bathrooms and that's calculated based off how many customers you have or whatever. Like, who gives a shit? But, um, but yeah, you do have the middle ground of the minimum wage employee working behind the counter and you know when it like whenever i've been in the situation of doing like a retail customer service type job or whatever and somebody says oh can i do this thing and you go i don't give a fuck do whatever Mm -hmm. do whatever the thing i'd like to know is like does canada have a kind of setup like america or um actually i don't know for for america but but for for europe where there doesn't tend to be public toilets whereas in australia Mm. i mean like you walk through the shopping center to get to the mcdonald's or starbucks or whatever and you and there are toilets there for you to use, right? Is Canada more along the lines where they don't provide that sort of stuff in like a mall or what have you? Because the reason I ask is because I know um, in like Paris, for instance, it is next to impossible to get a public toilet, right? Really? So we used to always go to the McDonald's to shit and then go and buy McDonald's. So it works out well for everybody. Is Canada the same? Well, to say? I assume that this is just a lone Tim Hortons in the woods. <laughs> next to an alpine lake and there's nothing else for thousands of kilometers around makes sense so it's probably enough about shitting for the moment i guess <laughs> i guess because we have another important announcement folks uh this will now be the third time that we have discussed the whack the whack is back penis whackerman return of the whack return of the whack, the whack is back in the news um, because there was a little a little piece of news that came up over the week, which was some footage of from 2007, I think, of some Australian soldiers overseas uh, flying a great big Nazi flag on their on their jeep or whatever the fuck it was. There. And of course, you know what this means. Uh, it means that we have entered the Orwellian future where you can't even hang a Nazi flag on an APC uh, in a country who you declared war on. Uh, You shouldn't even be there in the first place. Um, You can't do anything anymore. You can't. It's political correctness gone mad. Mm, The left's gone mad. When did the Nazi flag suddenly get a bad reputation? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was totally fine with it. Remember, remember in the eighties when you could just cruise down the street, um, holding aloft a four-foot-high swastika flag, and people would just be like, "Ha, guy's probably just exercising his free speech." I mean, I remember even as late as the early nineties, being four or five years old, and you know, uh, going to like a showground or whatever, and just pleading with my parents to buy me a Nazi flag, and they would always relent. They'd give me one eventually, uh, and it was please let me get the Nazi show time. bag. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's just a Nazi flag. It's cool. Please let me get the little Hitler Nazi show bag. Yeah. So um, so we've talked about uh, Pierce Ackerman as the name he also goes by in the past. Pseudonym. Because his pen name. Um, because he's had a couple of staggeringly bad takes in the past that we felt the need to sort of go into some detail on. So... Allow us to to read to you from Penis Wackerman's um, his 
fever dreams of the horrifying totalitarian state we live in where people ask if it's not a great look for Australian soldiers to fly huge swastika flags. <clears throat> According to fevered reports on our ABC, Australian soldiers have been photographed flying a Nazi flag from their vehicle while on operations in Afghanistan. Fevered reports. Fevered report. Well, he says, uh, quote... The photograph shows the large swastika emblem hoisted over an Australian military vehicle, the newsreader recounted breathlessly. (laughs) A source claimed it flew for a prolonged period. Wow. Maybe our troops were just trying to confuse the Islamist enemies? After all, they sided with the Nazis during World War II. That is honestly such a staggeringly incredible sentence to commit to type of just being like, hey... Did you stuff to consider maybe this was a booby trap and that they'd look at the flag and be like, oh, no, we're friends with those guys. We're friends with Nazis, right? Last time I checked. The oh, remember rank. that? Remember yeah, you, that? You remember from 1944? <laughs> yeah, you remember You remember how um, there's just that one big army of the country of Islam that's been just doing the same thing with the same leadership since World War Two. It's And it's... You know, we know that um, all all forces from um, all countries <laughs> are all just working off the same off the same sheet. You know. Yeah, I mean, look. On one hand, it's bad that we're flying a Nazi flag. Uh, you know, in Afghanistan. On the other hand, the Turk lusts for Vienna. So <laughs> who's to say who's right? Mm. He goes on, Incredibly, these agitated reports led news bulletins on a day during a week in which a historic meeting between a US president and a North Korean despot took place. A number of state budgets were handed down and there was no shortage of genuine national news. Indeed, the outrage at the flag-flying episode even took precedence over examination of the announcement of the prospective national apology to victims of institutional child abuse. The decision... Here we go. The decision on the placement must have been difficult for ABC's editor-in-chief, Michelle Guthrie, to make, given the organization's activists went well beyond the bounds of journalistic propriety in prosecuting institutions for their historic crimes, the Catholic Church in particular, though surprisingly little effort was devoted to reporting by the ABC on the ongoing institutionalized sexual abuse of children in the dysfunctional remote Aboriginal communities at Champions... You have to you have to admit the man is talented to put a deflection inside of his deflection. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's deflecting away from, from the Nazi flag being flown, right? I guess it's ah oh, but what about these child sexual abuse victims? Um oh, but also don't don't look at particularly where those victims are or who perpetrated it. Maybe look somewhere else as well. Don't don't like you know Let's, uh, let's not look exactly where I'm pointing. Well, number one, put a full stop in there somewhere. That, that is a six-line long sentence. That entire thing was one sentence. From the decision of the placement must have been difficult to remote Aboriginal communities. Uh, and boy, like you said, does he run all over the place in the course of that sentence. But yeah, he also goes quickly from um, the, the ABC... Journalists are activists who go well beyond the bounds of journalistic propriety in prosecuting institutions for their historic crimes. Um, the Catholic Church in particular. But also, they have not 
prosecuted the the sexual crimes of this other community enough. It, and it's weird to think. I wonder what it is about those two different groups where he would like to see less scrutiny of one and more scrutiny of the other. Who could say? Who could say? But also, I would kind of argue that um, maybe Aboriginal communities are also not a monolithic organized religion that receives uh, orders from the top and has tax-free status and all that sort of stuff. Like, it again, though, it's just this absolutely absurd whataboutism where the implication here is that all the people at the ABC are perfectly happy for, you know, sexual violence and violence against women and children that happens in remote Aboriginal communities, that they're totally fine with it. Is the implication there? Well, I mean, there's, it even goes a level further in that I think, like, a lot of recent reviews of the data found that the the historical claims we were making about overrepresentations of uh, sexual abuse and domestic abuse in Indigenous communities were massively inflated from these hugely racist surveys. But that's the data people have been using for ages. But of course, they don't care about that. They just don't want people to look at the church because any, even if the church is guilty of covering all this stuff up they can't admit any wrongdoing on its part because it's culture war mm, absolutely penis continues what's worse the abc's confected outrage over an incident that occurred nearly 12 years ago and which was investigated and dealt with at the time warmed up old news is something of a staple at the nation's largest news organization when the subject fits it its innately leftist agenda Tying the military forces to a fascist flag nearly a dozen years ago would have excited the non-gender-specific persons at the ABC no end. So, but my two favourite things about that paragraph are calling it confected outrage. Like, if you read the ABC article, it's like, hey, we found this footage of this happening. It's not them confecting outrage. It's that if you read this, you realise that it is fucking outrageous. Like, that's all on the reader. They, mm. they've, they've not been like, this is ridiculous and they must be punished. They are just stating the facts. And the whole warmed up old news thing, like, your issue with this is that, oh yeah, of course, we already well knew that they flew Nazi flags. Why are we bringing this up again? Like, Yeah, when it's like the whole point is that we didn't know. Yeah. And, and, um, and also, I think you'll find, like, a fun thing in reading this article is try and find um, his criticism for the troops flying a Nazi flag in Afghanistan. Yeah, well, it's the boys. It is the boys. Although, you know when you're with the lads. <laughs> and the ABC, you know, they're just dogging the lads. ABC I think that's all it is. You know, when you and your boys, you're just doing a bit of war, and one of the fellas, he's having a bit of fun. He's and having he a just, bit of a laugh. And he just pulls out his giant swastika flag that he um, took with him to Afghanistan very normal mm -hmm. very normal stuff but like I, I think as well one of the issues that this raises as a just as a news thing in general as well is like this this idea of what kind of things happen in the theater of war and what kind of things happen on behalf of and in the name of the country that you are a citizen of and your tax dollars go towards this defense budget and these operations and all that sort of shit what kind of things are happening that we just never get told about? I think that's the question that this actually raises for people. 
Which, which this... also, I think, um, there was a lot of talk about uh, that sort of thing in the same in the same week, um, where we had um, uh, came out that that SAS troops. Um, you know, there was one story of of a guy being um, not forced but uh, cajoled to execute. Uh, an elderly man who was suspected to be uh, of the Taliban. Um, surprisingly, that doesn't make it into his piece either. Um, that, oh, that P- bit PC was, was... police over here yeah. suddenly against executing unarmed Islamists, as he would say. So, all right, let's continue here. Yet, just a fortnight ago, the same shonky news organization gave hours of advertising free coverage to the wedding of an individual who also affected Nazi regalia, Prince Harry. And there wasn't a word from the ABC's hyperventilating talent who had flown to the Windsor knees up about his misdemeanor. Harry was only 20 when he turned up at a private party wearing Nazi insignia in 2005. So, There's again... A lot to unpack there. I just, again, I just don't understand. This is this whole style of approach to things where this person saying, hey, you shouldn't even be reporting on this thing in the first place. It's nothing. Shouldn't even be talking about it. It's, it's over, you know, it's a dozen years ago. So let me bring this thing up from 14 years ago instead. Also about something that is unrelated from somebody in a different country. Like... It's it's like you were saying, Theo. He just he just reaches so far to find things that are just like four or five degrees of separation from this actual thing to say, oh, well, if you didn't loudly complain about that, you don't get to loudly complain about this. Yeah, which I mean, we so- did loudly complain about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and, yes the, the- and the like context has no meaning. Uh, within the the pages of um, the Australian, you know, um, that hey maybe um, yeah maybe showing up um, to a party as a Nazi isn't a good look. Uh, we agree. Um, you know, maybe it's a worse look to fly the same flag uh, in a military operation. Well, allow Pierce to explain it to you. Oh, okay. Sorry, I've got. I'm getting ahead of myself. He says. Harry was only 20 when he turned up at a private party wearing Nazi insignia in 2005. He wouldn't have been much younger than the blokes who thought it was a bit of a joke to tie the swastika to the aerial of the troop carrier, but they had their pay docked and were subjected to army discipline. He may have been given a bit of a chin wagging, but let's face it, he lost his beloved mum when he was just a kid, and he had a bit of a reputation as a hellraiser for getting hammered, smoking dope, and taking aim at photographers. Just a lad, really. And with that sad family history, he was cut a lot of slack. So he wheels about immediately from you didn't criticize this guy to also this guy didn't do anything worth criticizing. Again, Nazi flags, fine with Pierce. I think he's being sarcastic. Well, and again, but like, again, though, it's this thing of, oh, so leftists want to complain about this, but women being beaten in remote communities is fine with them, huh? And you're like, no. Not really. It's a thing that we're not happy about. And he goes, ah, well, you're happy about this. You're perfectly happy for Harry to wear a Nazi uniform at a party. Like you said, Theo, it's like, no. We're, at the time, we were all like, woof. Woo, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. 
So Harry gets cut slack, but Pierce says, not our frontline soldiers, however. No skylarking for these battle-stressed heroes. Skylarking is skylarking. fucking incredible. I, uh, you, just you know, a bit you know of fun. When you know when you and the boys are all stressed out, and you think, oh, God, it's just been a week. Right. Oh, what, a, what a week. Uh, oh, do you guys want to go out the back and erect a... A giant uh, cross, and we can uh, set that on fire. Um, just like blow off a bit of steam. Yeah, you know, you know when you just you've just had a rough one. It's been a really long week, and you just find yourself saying to the boys, "TGIF, thank God I'm flying a Nazi flag." <laughs> <laughs> like no, just just normal. Normal stuff. Normal stuff for the boys. Like, this is that kind of shit where I always think to myself, like... So, the, the question doesn't pop up in Pierce's mind at any point here. This, this is the kind of question I ask myself in these situations. Where the fuck would you even get a giant Nazi flag? Serious question. Is it the kind of thing that you can get from, like, historical military stores or, like... Because I genuinely don't fucking know where you would get a gigantic Nazi flag from. And, as it was pointed out, that dude had to take that stuff with him, pack it up in his shit, and take it to Afghanistan before unfurling it over there. That's a just a whole lot, like, like I said, skylarking. Oh, they thought it was a bit of a joke. How the fuck did you even get it and get it there? Did you Why was this just a thing that you keep with you? I might need my Nazi flag. They make I it. I might need my Nazi flag. Well, we might get a bit stressed out while we're over there. Me and the boys might want to have a bit of fun. Better take my big Nazi flag. Oh, you know, when you're making the list, you've got phone charger. You're always forgetting that, right? Uh, you need your toiletries bag. Um, don't don't forget to put the um, the um, toothpaste in the toiletries bag. Always forgetting. You get you, sh- you show up. You know. Different country, you don't have your, your toothpaste. Um, and the Nazi flag, um, gotta, gotta pack that in there. Um, cause well, you and the boys are stressed and you're like, oh, you don't I want to be caught out. my frisbee or my Nazi flag. <laughs> my problem is that I always, um, I always really overpack. I always turn up at places with like 16 pairs of socks and five Nazi flags, you know? <laughs> and I only oh. ever wind up using one of them. Probably could have done with two. Oh, dear. <clears throat> no skylarking for the boys. According to Defence and the ADF, the commander took immediate action and had the offensive flag, which actually flew briefly, removed and destroyed. Quote, The personnel involved were immediately cautioned at the time and subsequently received further counselling. Additionally, steps were taken to reinforce education and training for all personnel who witnessed the flag. I hate when I'm outed publicly as a Nazi and then I'm cautioned and then counselled. I like that that there aren't any questions along the lines of, oh, do we have uh, any soldiers in our midst who are white supremacists? It's It's more like, you know you're not supposed to let people see you do the flag bit, right? Yeah, no, I think it's just the one, the guy that flew the flag it's probably yep. just the just the single white supremacist even then he was probably just skylarking uh pierce asks how you can unsee what you've just seen is beyond me i i guess he thinks that no one uh, is suggesting that like because it's i assume he's saying that in response to the text he just quoted about how they were counseled, counseled. people who witnessed the flag were counseled yeah. yeah i don't think anyone said hey we're gonna brainwash you until you forget that you saw a nazi flag we have to forget. Um, 
so he says, how you can unsee what you've just seen is beyond me, but in this Orwellian age of memory holes, maybe the ADF takes its lead from the University of Sydney, where they now teach unlearning on their gender-free, politically correct campus. What a segue. It's just a so fucking again, word salad of dumb shit. Well, like, this fucking... They just say things. Uh, uh, he, uh, he just He just says... Uh, Position I would like to defend, but don't actually have anything to say about. Uh, direct link to totally unrelated thing that I have a problem with. Like, I don't... Again, I don't understand what those two have to do with each other at all. He continues, under the current military leadership, our men aren't even expected to show a bit of testosterone. Too masculine, you know. But, like... It's the craziest thing in the world to me. It's just being like... But the things he's trying to tie this off to, like, yeah, let off a bit of stress. Fly a Nazi flag. Hey, you're feeling particularly masculine today. Fly a Nazi flag. This doesn't fucking make any sense. I would would honestly have more respect for somebody using that type of thing as a defense of an SAS soldier who executed somebody. Like, as in just the reality of of that type of scenario which is we have taken all these guys and given them all this training and you know we've we've dehumanized and othered the enemy to this point and we've put people in this fucking hyper masculine scenario where they're expected to kill other people and it's super high stress and people get ptsd and all that sort of stuff so there's gonna be times where it spills over and people go a bit mental and go go too far with people they're shooting or whatever but that's a consequence of the situation we put them in and it's a byproduct of war and if you can't deal with that then you're not accepting the reality of the situation. I would have more respect for that as an argument than, oh, the lads are just blowing off a bit of steam, which is why they're flying their Nazi flag that they took with them to Afghanistan for some reason. Like, it just... Yeah, and and it's probably because at some point they were told that trans people exist or something. Oh, funny you should say that. Next paragraph from Penis says... Uh, it's too masculine, you know. They have to do a little role-playing. Imagine you're a woman. Imagine you're a minority. Imagine you're weak. Uh, great association there. Wear high heels like the former chief of army, David Morrison, to show you're in touch with something or other, or maybe just a pious virtue signaler. Just don't think you're a real soldier. Uh, dead naming a trans person in there... Great stuff. Uh, the automatic association that if you are a woman or a minority, you are weak. Or also the idea that if you are a soldier in the Australian army, that you are a white man, obviously. <laughs> that that's, that's the only... like the, I like the implication there that a real soldier is a uh, white Christian high T man. And, and also, like, you know, if you want to talk about real soldiers, right, and you want to talk about, you know, respecting our troops and all, all that stuff, right? Like, these these people go crazy when even the, the suggestion of a flag being burnt is, you know, um, floated, right? Like, you know, you see a flag and you go, oh, this isn't what our, uh, what our grandparents uh, fought for, this, you know, the flag that, that our grandparents fought under. So how do you think that, that soldiers historically would feel about our troops fighting under a nazi flag right like 
you want to talk about uh, their idea of respecting the troops. How does that fly? Well, yeah, all, and all the same people who, you know, get burned up about shit like people kneeling at the NFL and going, oh, that's not what my ancestors fought to protect and all that sort of shit. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, and doing this is a joke. Completely normal, cool stuff. Yeah. Just uh, as a, a, a side note, I was just because I was trying to remember what the David Morrison thing was. So that wasn't him dead naming a trans person. Uh, David Morrison is a is a cis man, but he used to be the former chief of army or whatever the the title is. Uh, but he participated in one of those Walker Mile in their shoes rallies against violence against w- women and oh, wore high God. heels. Oh, so I was confusing him with um, Catherine McGregor. Catherine McGregor. Uh, yeah, and Catherine McGregor tore into him for doing this, weirdly, because uh, she is a huge dickhead. <laughs> She's a really <laughs> horrible person. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, fucking... Yeah, he was literally just doing a thing for being like, hey, this is a little thing we do against violence against women. And like Andrew Bolt fucking dug into him for it. All the like right-wing culture warriors tore into him because he wore heels at an event where men were wearing heels as a protest thing like these people have a sickness of the soul well um people will have to forgive me for reading something from pierce ackerman and jumping to the conclusion that he was uh saying the most offensive thing he could say oh no it's fine he was only saying the second most offensive thing that he could say (laughs) yep yep uh, what was truly sickening about the ABC's excited reports of the flag-flying business was the haste with which Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull provided a smarmy quote run with the fake news. I like the way that it's not just warmed-up old news now, it's turned into fake news. <laughs> the soldier's conduct, he said, was, quote, completely and utterly ex- unacceptable. So, again, we're, we're opposing the idea that flying a Nazi flag off your off your rig as a as an Australian soldier is unacceptable. Uh, like you're saying, Theo, nowhere does he actually offer up a defense. It's just that everything that is said in opposition to the idea is is pathetic and unseemly. Hmm. How anyone who never served and probably never heard a shot fired in anger could have the audacity to offer more than the most general view of activities which took place on a battlefield is bewildering. He sounded like a green. Or perhaps Labor's <laughs> Bill Shorten or Kevin Rudd. Again, just just anyone I don't like. Then again, Turnbull may have been taking his lead from the newest chief of army, Angus Campbell, who shortly after taking office showed he was prepared to play upwards to his political masters and not down to his troops with an order banning soldiers' use of death-style imagery, such as Spartan warriors, the Grim Reaper, Skull and Crossbones, and the the Punisher vigilante character. Uh, Lieutenant General Campbell said the use of such symbols was, quote, always ill-considered and implicitly encourages the inculcation of an arrogant hubris and general disregard for the most seriously res- serious responsibility of our profession, the legitimate and discriminate taking of life. Man, imagine that. Imagine thinking that soldiers on a battlefield should actually pay attention to who they're killing and why. I, th- and I like, think the last paragraph when we get to it really comes circles back to that as well. Well, uh, I would just say about this as well that, like, I... I can, you know, yeah, I'm not a soldier. I'm a big soy boy beta cuck. But just from the just from the perspective of like that whole idea of, oh, we're going to go to other countries and win win hearts and minds and all that sort of shit. And it's just like 
Yeah, if everybody that you see has like the fucking big Punisher skull on them and Grim Reapers and skull and crossbones and all that sort of shit. Like he's saying, it's it's very you you're very clearly implying that you have one role, which is that you're there to fucking murder people. I I, I think as a visual implication. And it makes me think of when I was um when I was in Canberra a a year or two ago. I am there now, but I think I was I was visiting or was here over Christmas or something. And I was down at at some shops and like so Canberra is, has the um has like a, a lot of military base stuff in it has sort of headquarters of the Australian Defence Force and all that sort of thing big big military town so you see a lot of people around in their uniforms and I saw these two guys in the parking lot and they were both wearing like army fatigues and had like hoodies over the top that were like black hoodies with the the silhouette of a soldier and like a crosshair and stuff and they said proud infidel on them and I know that that's a thing that guys wear and stuff, but like, I, I, that, that to me is just really unsettling and you're making the really obvious association between the Australian armed forces and we are the enemy of Muslims. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, that like they're not saying, ah, oh, we fight against jihadis and extremists and shit like that they're just saying I want to put something on here that I think will be offensive to a Muslim that's what it boils down to for me and yeah and I just I just saw that on guys who were also wearing their military uniforms and I was like that is gross and unsettling to me and I don't think it's a, a great look or a great move or whatever um Penis finishes up by saying, Recently, defense expert Michael Evans published a book and several papers on suicide among soldiers. He quoted leading American general and soldier scholar H.R. McMaster's lament that, quote, postmodern Western notions of war now spurn the mainly masculine literature and poetry of the ages that give meaning to a warrior's soul and uphold the sanctity of self-sacrifice for a greater good. McMaster, he said, cautions that soldiers must continue to, quote, view war as a challenge and as their duty, not as trauma. Maybe Australia should give the rest of the Western world a lead and start treating our soldiers, sailors and airmen and women as professionals hired to keep the nation safe by whatever legal means necessary. Wow. And again, it's like like you said, Theo. This this idea that he's all about respecting the troops and caring about the troops, but also being unable to see the connection between really high suicide rates among soldiers and the trauma that they would go through in both witnessing and perpetrating particular acts and yeah, even and just the training and shit that they go through. Yeah, like if if the whole point of all of your training and all that sort of shit is to just completely devalue human life to a point where you can indiscriminately take it and then you wonder why people come back completely disconnected from normal life but but again his his beef with that isn't the high suicide rate it's that we're just not telling dudes that it's super awesome to kill people and they should be proud of it like I don't know it, it makes me think of like something I was talking to someone about earlier in the week about like um 
about sort of the, the rise of visibility of like queer and trans people in in everyday life and saying that there's obviously people who are of the school of thought that the the rise in visibility of these people and portrayals of them in the media and all that sort of stuff they think that people look at that and because they've seen it and been exposed to it they go oh now i'm gonna be trans yeah like, like like the visibility of the issue is the problem yeah yeah they think that like oh now everybody's telling each other to do it and that's why it's happening as opposed to the reality of there has been this percentage of gay and queer people the whole time they were just hidden from public view and had tortured existences and that to me is it's like the same logic that he's applying here which is ah we used to glorify soldiers and we used to we used to tell them that they were awesome for the the valorous acts that they committed in the theater of war and we didn't hear anything about crazy high rates of suicidal ptsd in the 50s it's like yeah so that probably means it doesn't exist you fucking idiot <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean like we used to to you know before PT, it was ptsd it was shell shock and before that it was hysteria and cowardice and um, people were literally uh executed um for cowardice right um or um the inability to continue functioning in in the theater of of war right now uh, we're aware of the of the issues, but somehow the visibility of these things is the same, and it's it's the same with with you know this flag being being flown and and the the reporting of the impropriety of our of our troops, um, pretending like uh, the visibility of it is the is the issue, um, as if the behavior itself is not causing more people to be radicalized in uh you know in these in these countries against us if you want to talk about keeping the nation safe by by whatever legal means necessary and i think he really shows his cards there with with whatever means necessary because he means hey you know um make people afraid of us if you want to keep the nation safe um obviously uh PR and visibility of our troops in a uh, in a nation that is not ours um, is should be paramount, right? If we're going to be there, uh, don't be acting like we're there to uh, you know kill an entire anyway. religion. <laughs> yeah, it's just just ridiculous. And like you said, Theo, he manages to get through that entire thing without ever saying at any point. Oh, look, it wasn't a great look, but I understand usually why they, they did th- it. Yeah, usually they throw in a, uh, you know, while this behavior is uh, unfortunate or whatever, there's, there's not a single word against it. And uh, I think that it, it speaks was, not their even priorities. Like, not even like, oh, I understand that there's some bad optics or whatever. It's just the entire thing. You could, The only thing you can take away from that is... The that left is being sh- hysterical. The, well, the, the only thing you can take away from all of that, all of the deflection onto... You know, the ABC reporting on the Catholic Church and Aboriginal communities and the Prime Minister and the Chief of Army and every other person in the world and and Sydney University's curriculum and all these other things um, is that he, he has absolutely no problem with Australian soldiers flying a massive swastika banner for an APC in Afghanistan. That's completely fine and, nay, understandable to him. 
<sighs> so we just can't wait until he blesses us with another wonderful take. And that is about all the time we have for today. Uh, we've got a got a crime pass this week. I think the the crime should be to post um, to post vision from the Parliament in Queensland and make 100%. fun of Jared Blasey. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, if you've got any, uh, if you have uh, heaps of free time and lots of video editing skills, uh, make some funny stuff for us because we're not going to. But that'd be good. Oh, and uh, shout out to friend of the show, Kay Morrissey, for for bringing that penis whack a man article to our attention just before we got started so cheers mate i would also like to extend an apology um earlier i said the brisbane flag had a vb can being thrown as a at a gay person on it um obviously i meant a forex can i got lost in the heat of the moment and i yeah, do apologize I, I wasn't going to say anything about it uh, i just assumed that was an interesting artistic decision on on your part but uh thank you for owning up to your mistakes that, that sort of transparency and honesty is what makes us such a professional outfit I think we're all improving. Uh, we're we're getting so much better all the time. <laughs> Const- absolutely constantly. Uh, of course, you can always find bonus episodes of the show over on patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Uh, you can also go over to Facebook and give us a five-star review to counteract the um, the, the pissy one-star review we got that's thrown our average off. We're I, under five stars. But please now. note that we are not mad. I'll tell you what, that... I'm, We're actually laughing. That one-star review has kept me humble. I think I was getting a little cocky there for a while. And I feel really grounded, you know? Hmm. I'm back on my yep. feet again. That's good. It's good to know. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.